The following is produced by Artisan Church. Welcome to the Artisan Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. To learn more about Artisan Church or to support the ministry, visit www.artisanchurch.com. Today we are finishing up this series called Hospitality, Recovering a Lost Art. And it's, since it's the last week of the series, I'd like to take just a minute or two and tell you about how it was that we came to discuss this topic in the first place, which is kind of backwards from how I usually operate. If you know me at all and have heard me speak over the years, you know that I almost always try to start by laying the groundwork at the beginning of what I say, at the beginning of a message or at the beginning of a series. I am big on context. I think it always helps us understand things. But this time, I deliberately buried the lead a little bit because I wanted to just address the topic and then come to it uh, on this last week and tell you why we've been talking about this. So it all starts in mid-June when Artisan staff and leadership team went on our leadership retreat. And we talked about all kinds of things. It was a really, really great weekend. Um, And I'm very excited about all the great stuff that's going to come this ministry year. Um, Again, our year goes June to May, so we kind of start things in the summer. Um, Very excited about all the stuff that's going to happen. But one of the things that we talked about at that retreat was a little bit surprising to me. And I would say it was a little bit disconcerting to me. There were several members of the team, newer members of of the leadership team, who shared personal stories of how they had a really hard time connecting with Artisan Church when they first came here. These are people who eventually went on to become the the most key leaders in our community. And yet, early on, they almost decided, several of them almost decided to stop coming to Artisan. Because they couldn't, they felt they could not break into our community. Think about that for a minute. Some of the people who are here now, who are the people who give leadership and guidance to our congregation, almost didn't become part of the congregation at all because they didn't feel they could break into the community. And so we all agreed that we need to do something about that. And so we decided that we'd have this sermon series about hospitality because nothing solves a community problem like four 30-minute speeches, right? (laughs) This is the fourth one, and at the end of this very entertaining speech, you will all understand exactly what we need to be doing to be the most hospitable church in Rochester, right? Well, no. (laughs) We, uh, of course, also decided to address the issue of hospitality in a number of practical ways. And... um, You've started to see those roll out a little bit, and if you've got a sharp eye for this kind of thing, you'll see more of them roll out in the coming weeks. One of the things is, as I mentioned earlier when seven of you were here, that we are starting our service right at 10 o'clock now. And the reason that we're doing that, very simply, is this. 
When we have first-time visitors who come to Artisan, what time do you suppose they show up? Our published start time of 10 o'clock? Wrong. They show up at 9.40. Anna knows. Uh, Sometimes people just like to be early to a new thing. And what they don't know is that, yes, I see some people rolling their eyes. Not everybody likes to be early to a new thing. But what, what a lot of people find is that when they come here at 9.40, not only are they 20 minutes early, but they were 25, 30, 35 minutes early. Any of you newer people have this experience? You can, it's okay. You can just sort of raise your hand a little bit. Did you come and like wonder, did I read the website wrong? That kind of thing? Right. So that's one step that we've taken, and it's so hard. We have such an ingrained habit of being this, you know, um, very casual congregation, and I love that about Artisan, and uh, we just kind of show up whenever. But what we've decided is that, no, we're starting right at our published time, because that is simply and importantly a way to make people feel welcome when, they're, when they come. So you can help them feel welcome by joining them. <laughs> uh, we Actually, we're deliberately making the sanctuary a place of prayer and meditation starting right at 9.30. So you have 25, 30 minutes to kind of just kind of prepare yourself for the experience of worship. And you can also hang out there and drink coffee and get to know some friends and things. And we start right at 10. So another thing that we're doing is that we have behind the scenes uh, begun to intentionally unleash what I would call some super greeters. There's a handful of people in the congregation who... um, are just naturally gifted at making people feel welcome. I was listening uh, this week to the podcast from last Sunday. Who was here last Sunday? Show of hands. Okay, so last Sunday we had a fifth Sunday festival where we talked about, people shared the story of their first day at Artisan Church, right? And it was a range of stories. We'll talk some more about it as we go through. But there were a couple of names that came up again and again right? Heidi was one. Heidi made me feel so welcome. Dell was one. Dell made me feel so welcome. And um, we have told the people who we know are good at that, keep doing it. We need you because we're not all good at that. We need you to do that. So that's another thing we've done. One thing you'll see soon, I'm not sure exactly when, but soon you will see out in the foyer there uh, a super fun wall, you might say, um, with like a listing of all the ministries at Artisan Church, all the different things that we do as a community together. Because that's another piece of feedback that we've gotten is people come here and they don't really know anything that goes on at Artisan other than what happens on Sunday mornings. And so it's going to be a great display of all the ministries that we do and all the ways that people can get involved. Because sometimes people come in and they would love to get involved, but they don't know where to start. So those are just a few of the things. It's, it's really um, an ongoing effort. We're actually going to talk more about hospitality at our gallery, which is our quarterly all-church meeting. That happens this time on August 22nd. It's a few weeks from, or it's a couple weeks from Wednesday. Two weeks from Wednesday, right? Eight plus 14. I just wanted to carry the seven to 22. Um, yeah, so it's a couple weeks away. We're going to talk about hospitality there. And I'll give you the fuller picture of the, the things that we've um, decided to try to do. So today, after laying the groundwork with some history and some personal story uh, and some examples of how individuals practice hospitality, we're talking about being a hospitable church. How can artisan as a whole be more hospitable? And 
one of the things that this does is it fits into our already existing mission statement. Not to be too corporate piggish, but we do have a mission statement. And it fits into our values as well. Um, those of you who are members could, of course, recite our mission statement off the top of your head. Um, it's, our mission is to, to be a vibrant church community where we encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture in the way of Jesus. That is what defines who we are. That is what guides uh, decisions that we make, and that's who we want to be. But there's that second phrase in there, embrace people. That middle part of the three, encounter God, embrace people, and engage culture. And when we embrace people, this is not a literal physical embrace necessarily, though you occasionally will see some appropriate hugging here at Artisan. Um, but, but it's absolutely part of being the body of Christ. When we talk about being the body of Christ, that's a, it's one of those churchy phrases that gets tossed out there. And it's so far removed from its original usage that we don't even hear it as a metaphor anymore. It's almost just like that's just a word for church. But being the body of Christ means being his hands and feet in the world in which he is not any longer physically present. We are the physical manifestation of Jesus, the embodiment of Jesus, the modern-day incarnation as the church. And so embracing people is absolutely part of what that means. We are carrying on the work of Christ you read the New Testament, you'll see story after story after story of Jesus welcoming and embracing people. And not just anybody, not just the popular people or the smart people or the well-known and important people, but the poor people and the sinners and the drunkards and the promiscuous. Our mission, part of it, is to carry on that work to embrace people. And so we don't say the word hospitality in our mission statement, but it's absolutely part of it. It's part and parcel of who we are as a church. In addition to a mission statement, we have these five key biblical values, awe, beauty, roots, community, and justice. And that community value is so important to us. Let me read to you the statement of our community value. It says, we are a covenantal family of authentic relationships and reconciliation in the image of God who exists in perfect communion as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet one God. And by the way, when I say that we have five biblical values, I really mean that. Um, today is not going to be a day where I read all the scripture, but this next slide will show you. These are the scriptures that we're listing on our website and elsewhere just for the value of community. Now, there's lots of other biblical stuff that goes on in our, our mission statement and in our values statements. This, these are the ones just for community. And I'll leave them up there for a minute so you can write them down if you'd like to. I, I'm not going to read them all to you. I'll read, I think, one or two of them today. But they're all there. But did you catch those first few words of our statement of community as a value? We're a covenantal family. The word family is both deeply welcoming and extremely challenging. 
Not just because for some of us, family is not necessarily a positive thing. I know that's true for some of us. And part of what we try to do in community with each other is redeem that love of family. But the other thing about family is that it's not something that you can just jump into and suddenly be a part of, right? As much as I might want to be a part of, say, Mark and Dell's family, I can't just, like, show up there one day and say, hey, guys, I want to be in your family. You know, Mark's contemplating that for a minute, you know. I, don't, I squeeze the toothpaste from the back of the tube, like, like every non-psychopath. Um, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, so that's not nice. That's, that's so mean. But seriously, guys, can you please just help us out? Um, you know, it's easy to be the person who squeezes the tube from the middle because you don't care if it's squeezed from the bottom. It doesn't bother you. Just squeeze it from wherever. It's the person that cares about squeezing it from the bottom whose life is just miserable because you actually have a preference. <laughs> That's actually like a huge metaphor for all kinds of other things in life, but we won't go into it. Um, but the point is, the more deeply we express this value of community, of being a family to each other, the more difficult it can be for someone outside the community to break into it. Does that make sense? The more close-knit we become, the more family-like we are, the harder it is for somebody outside that family to come in and be part of it. So we want to express that value to each other, but at the same time, we want to make it permeable. We want to make it accessible to everybody. We want to extend that value of community to people who are, at this point, still outside our community. And because we're trying to invite newer people into community with us, we have to realize that hospitality is about so much more than simply saying hello when somebody walks in the door. That is step one, perhaps. Maybe it's step two or three. You think about lots of other ways to be hospitable before anybody actually sees one of us. But let's call that step one for now. We have some nice greeters who come in and uh, smile and shake hands with people and help them find the coffee as they stumble in, that kind of thing. That's part of it, but the hospitality is so much broader than saying hi to somebody. And if you remember the stories from last week, the stories of people who, from, from people who had a really wonderful first experience at Artisan, did it have anything to do with somebody saying hello to them? It really didn't. It was all the other things that happened. And by the way, if you weren't here last week, you've got to go listen to that podcast audio. Um, you can find our podcast on our website. You can find it in iTunes if you search for Artisan Church. Um, go get the one from July 29th. It's really, really good. Um, I wasn't here, and I listened to it this week, and I was just like, oh, I love that place. Um, most of the time, that's what I said. <laughs> See, it's about loving people. It's not just about entertaining them. It's not just about having a nice tablecloth when they come in <laughs> or a smiling person. One of the verses that was on the screen a minute ago for our community value is 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. I'm going to read that one to you now. It says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people 
in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And here's the part I really want you to hear in verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, that's why this matters so much. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. And as that becomes true for all of us, in the context of this place, we are absolutely obligated to extend that welcome to other people who once were not a people, maybe now are not a people. They have no connection to each other or to God. We have the privilege of proclaiming the mighty acts of Him who called us out of darkness into light, yes, and also the responsibility of welcoming people into that new family. See, I want to make sure that all this talk about hospitality doesn't sound like what I think that maybe some of you are worried that it's meant, as we've talked about it. it it's not supposed to be about being welcoming so that we can grow this church real big, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but is there anybody who maybe was worried like, oh, this talk about hospitality, it's just this church growth crap again. Hospitality is not supposed to be a program designed to capture people (laughs) and get them into our fold so that we can grow the attendance of artists in church and impress our friends or compete with some other church down the road or please our conference superintendent in our denominational family. It's none of that. When I say that crap, I am using that term lightly, (laughs) or not lightly, or whatever. You know, catch me afterward, I'll tell you exactly what I mean. We are not growing the church to impress people, or to, to impress ourselves. We are inviting people into God's radical life-changing kingdom of love and welcome. We're holding, holding the door open for people to enter the house of God. I don't mean this specific building or any other one like it. But the house of God's kingdom as it's growing and developing on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that phrase, on earth as it is in heaven? You remember where that comes from? The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Can we pray that together now? Um, I'm going to put it on the screen because I know that not everybody knows this prayer and that there's different wordings in different places. Let's pray this together, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That phrase, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you notice? Have you ever, if you say that in a high church setting, or even in, 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 I, mean, I went to a low church setting and we said that prayer growing up. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven would be the preferred pause that I would put in there. That, that's a little tiny distinction maybe, but so here's the thing. So much of what is promised at the end of all things and so much of what is promised about what we call heaven is peace and love and harmony and community. If you read the, the prophetic books, you see language about Jesus wiping away every tear from our eyes. You see language about the lion lying down with the lamb. You see language about all the nations and the tribes and the languages joining together as one voice to worship and praise God. That's God's kingdom as it is in heaven. And we pray in the Lord's Prayer that we want His will to be done on earth that way as it is in heaven. So when we talk about bringing about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, that's not just some pie-in-the-sky eventuality. It's not just some ethereal, spiritual hope for a future and a world beyond this one. It is that, but it's not just that. We actually get to be a part of, and let me say it this way, we actually are obligated as followers of Christ and as His body to be part of bringing that reality about now. So we're inviting people to His table, not our own. We're making room, if you will, under the protective shelter where we ourselves are huddled, weathering the many storms of this life until all things are made new. But we don't just sit and wait. <laughs> we also work to bring that about. We, we pull the kingdom of the future into the present. That's why we are talking about hospitality, because we want to invite people into God's kingdom. Now, let me say this, because there's the church growth stuff that some of you may be worried about, and then there's this certain sense of arrogance that you might hear when I talk about how we want to invite people to artisan church so that they can experience the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Please don't hear me saying that this is the only place that that can happen. I don't believe that at all. There's churches all around the city that are doing the work of the kingdom in various different ways, pulling that future reality into the present. But just like each person is uniquely made and gifted to be part of the body of Christ, I believe each church is uniquely made and gifted to be part of the big capital C church, the body of Christ globally, 
nationally, or in our city. And so, yes, absolutely, I believe that Artisan Church is the very best place for certain people outside these walls to come and experience God's kingdom. There are some of you in this room who have said to me, or to others of us, I felt like I could never connect at church until I came to Artisan, and it was just, that was the place for me. I love hearing that. That is my favorite compliment that anybody pays Artisan Church. I like that better than your music rocks. I like that better than your food is awesome. I like that better than, well, nobody's actually ever said this, but that your sermons are really great. What I love to hear is that people say, I couldn't connect with church, and Artisan is the place that I can connect. Realize that if, if that's true for you, it's true for somebody that you haven't met yet. If that person comes in these, these doors and into these walls and doesn't feel welcome, they might not come back. They might not get that chance to connect. They might not be willing to come five or six or seven weeks in a row trying to break into the community like some of our leadership team members did. The stories from last week were awesome. I loved hearing them. My favorite one was when Shane was reading his blog post. He, he had written, My only complaint about Artisan is that the people are too nice. <laughs> but that's probably about me, not them. Um, Shane had that experience. A lot of you had that experience. I love that you did. But I happen to know that, that not everybody has had that experience when they've come to this place. In addition to our leadership team members who, who persevered, I mean, the good news, I guess, is if you stick with it, you'll, you know, you'll be running the place someday. But in addition to those folks, I have talked to a number of people over the years. I check in with them and say, hey, haven't seen you around lately. And they say, yeah, I, I liked Artisan. I just felt like I stood there and nobody saw me. I felt like I was invisible. It breaks my heart. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love this place, and I love our expression of, of the Christian faith. I'm one of those people who probably wouldn't feel at home anywhere else. It really, really hurts me to hear people say, I, I was there for weeks, and I felt like nobody said hi to me. I mean, they said hi, but I feel like nobody got to know me. And so those... Those wonderful people were not here last week to tell the story of their first day at Artisan. The reason that they're not here is because their first day at Artisan wasn't good enough to make them want a second day. And so, as we wind up here, I want to make just a few suggestions for us. And again, this is a community-wide effort. It's something that we're going to chip away at and work at together over the next several months. But here's just a few ex uh, suggestions, concepts, and I want to direct these a few different ways because Pastor Mike said something last week that I thought was really brilliant. He said there's lots of different ways that we can help somebody belong. And so first I want to talk to the extroverts in the room. You E people, 
extroverted types. You know who you are. If you're an extrovert, I'd like to ask you, when you're at worship, to think of yourself as the host of the party. All right? Think of this as your spiritual home because it is. I really want you to think of it this way, especially as you consider strangers coming into that home, into that spiritual house. You extroverts are the hosts of the party. You've got the frilly dress, the tray of hors d'oeuvres. I don't like parties with hosts who have frilly dresses and plates of hors d'oeuvres, but you know what I'm talking about. Being a people person, you extroverts have a wonderful, wonderful gift. Use it. Please use it. Because you know what? At Artisan Church, you extroverts are in the minority. We need you. We really need you. <laughs> now, be nice to the introverts when they come in, okay? <laughs> Dial it down a little bit, maybe. <laughs> One of the things that somebody said is it was, nice to, it was nice to be here and be able to be invisible for a few weeks. So you know what? You can't win. I mean, some people don't want to be invisible. Some people do. Be sensitive, but be yourselves and be extroverts. Think of it as a privilege to be the first smile that somebody sees on a Sunday. If you are one of those people who is capable of making a smile at 9.40 a.m. on a Sunday when it's 92 degrees out and 100% humidity, (laughs) man, you have a gift. We need you to use it. Now I'll say this toward the introverts. And and I am one. I I lean a little bit toward the introversion scale. Um, It's possible for me to speak to large groups of people because I'm not a complete introvert. But it does not come supernaturally to me to, to wear that smile and to be the host of the party. And so to my fellow introverts, I want to say, first of all to you, be yourselves. Please don't feel like we're talking about hospitality and it has these eternal consequences And so you have to go out and shake 15 hands before you get your coffee, right? I know that that would kill you. (laughs) And then pretty soon you wouldn't come back anymore. I know that, and it's okay. Just like being a people person is a wonderful gift, being not a people person is a wonderful gift. And I want you to use that gift. What you have to do is look for the I ways the uh, letter I, introvert ways, for making people feel welcome. And there are lots of I ways that you can make people feel welcome. You don't have to be a greeter and shake 15 hands before you get your coffee. You don't have to be one of those super greeters who we've unleashed in the background to go and, and make friends. You don't have to play in the band or do public speaking to make somebody feel welcome. You can, you can brew coffee. You can bring refreshments. You can weed the garden beds. They need it. <laughs> right? Um, I said earlier that the greeters are step one, and I don't actually think they are. Step one probably happens at the curb out there. Right? If you are a person who's dedicated to this place and wants to make it more hospitable, but you are scared of talking to people... <laughs> Absolutely, I affirm 
weeding things as, as an act of hospitality. We have uh, people up in the tech loft right now who you've never seen. They're ducking right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we wanted it that way. <laughs> there are jobs that you can do up there, and they're so important, and nobody ever sees people making them happen. So if you're an introvert and you don't quite know where to start with this, you want to be hospitable, but you don't know what to do, please come and talk to me. Or probably more likely, let's face it, you don't want to talk to me. Email me, scott at artisanchurch.com. I would love to put our little introvert heads together and find a way for you to, to help with this hospitality stuff. We'll figure it out together. And lastly, towards people in the room who might be newcomers. Maybe it's your first Sunday. Maybe it's your second or third Sunday. Maybe, maybe you are having the experience that Heidi mentioned she had when she first came, where you, you, you're not immediately feeling that welcoming from this church. I want you to know you are welcome here. You are so welcome here. Even if you're going through stuff or you're doubting or you're a teary mess, like somebody said last week, you are welcome here. Even if you don't quite feel it, So I would just say what Heidi said. Don't be afraid to persevere. Don't be afraid to dig in just a little bit. Don't be afraid to to seek out those connections if somebody's not seeking them out. Because like I said a minute ago, our extroverts at Artisan are in the minority. And Artisan on the whole is maybe a little bit shy. We've all had this experience where there's somebody we didn't know and they thought they were, we thought they were just a complete standoffish arrogant jerk. And it turns out that they were what? Shy. They just didn't talk to people because they're shy. Right? So if you feel like Artisan is standoffish and an arrogant jerk of a church, <laughs> I can't promise that that's not somewhat true sometimes. But mostly we're just sort of shy and it's okay. Just push on with us, okay? And then dive in and get involved. That, that's why we're making that special bulletin board area out in the foyer soon. So you can you can know ways to get involved. You can know who to talk to. There'll be little photographs of people who are in charge of stuff. You can just find the picture and match it to the person and go say hi. Extroverts, introverts, and newcomers, uh, all my brothers and sisters here, um, let's be a hospitable church together. Um, let's live into the gifts that God has given us and the way that he's made us. And let's pull that future kingdom reality into the present together. Not just for ourselves and our family, but for everybody else who might darken our doorstep. When somebody comes here, uh, Del was t- saying this to me, she sees it. When somebody comes here, that's a miracle. It could be a thousand other places. I love that you said that. And uh, we want to embrace and extend that miracle. So, I'm going to give you a two-minute spiritual exercise as we close our sermon time today. Just kind of quiet your heart and mind. I want you to remember a time in your life when you have been deeply welcomed and received. Might have been here, might have been somewhere else. Wherever it was, I want you to recount for yourself the circumstances and the way that people reached out to you. 
And then I want you to make this spiritual jump into the realm of our faith. And I want you to picture where Jesus was in that event. Because he was there. And I want you to open yourselves to him and let God touch you again with his welcome and with his love. You should experience that welcome again. And then I'm going to ask you to make another little jump into the realm of praxis. I want you to picture yourself turning and extending that same love and welcome that you experienced to somebody else. Maybe it's the person next to you. Maybe it's the person behind you. Maybe it's a person you haven't met yet. You have been given that gift of being welcomed by God so that you can welcome other people, so that you can pass that gift on to them. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being the one who welcomes us. Thank you for this place that we have found at Artisan that is a spiritual shelter for us in the storms of life, that is a spiritual home for us who are weary spiritual travelers, that is a place of family for those of us who were strangers, that is a place where we become a people when we weren't a people. Lord, we thank you for that gift. And now we accept the burden, the responsibility, the obligation to share that gift with other people, to be a welcoming community, a hospitable church. Show us by your Spirit ways that we can do that. Give us wisdom. Give us sensitivity and intuition as we meet people. Give us courage to step outside our comfort zones when we have to. Most of all, give us the calling and the ability to live into the gifts that you've given us and to, to become the people that you've made us. Extroverts, introverts, shy people, new people. May we all join together, no longer strangers and aliens, but citizens of your heavenly kingdom. And may we all be part of expressing it here on earth as it is there, here in the present as it will be in the future. Amen. Let's celebrate communion together. Communion, that ultimate sacramental gift given by Jesus himself. His body and his blood. Food for your souls, but communion. The matchless hospitality of Jesus, as we've said during this series.
his invitation to be part of his body together. Here at Artisan, we just do it by tearing off the bread and dipping it in the wine or the juice, whatever's more appropriate for you and your family. Um, and I think if you have kids, they're probably ready for you to get them. Um, they can take communion as well, or you can get them right afterward. We're going to sing a couple more songs together. Um, our table is open. You don't have to be a member here to participate. You have to be part of God's family. You have to be seeking to follow Jesus in this place today. I pray that it would be for you his body and blood. But most of all today, I pray that it would be for you an opportunity to commune with each other. Respond as God leads. Let's continue to worship him together.